0: Hello and welcome to another episode of No Tie C-Suite. And we have an interesting question that's been sent in to us uh, today. It's about cybersecurity and how real the threat is for small or, you know, is it for small businesses and whether we should call them insignificant businesses and how far do you need to go and how how much is scaremongering for people to try and get them to buy all these systems. So we thought we'd invite uh, an expert in this area who does a lot of managed IT services and including cybersecurity, Marty Hack from Infinite Edge. Thank you for joining the panel today.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, I think we just we we might kick it off with you first of all. Um, you know, cybersecurity has become a bigger and bigger topic all the time. But you know, the tendency for small business has been to think this is an issue that they don't need to really worry about it's a it's the you know we're small who cares about us it'll they'll, they'll go for the bigger companies how how far off the truth is that
1: uh very far off the truth um unfortunately <laughs> um yeah look it's a uh, the statistics are around sort of uh, it's around the 80 80%, percent 80 something percent um that in terms of small businesses that have been targeted, uh, or that have actually suffered a cyber attack, so so the uh, stats are pretty high. Uh, and you're right; it's a common misconception that we get from clients as well, that um, from small business clients, that they're not a target. Why would anyone be interested in little old me? We hear that a lot. So, and the and the reality is, it's far from that because what they want is, and and the the most common. Um, I wouldn't even call them hacks because they are, they're very, very basic. There's nothing super complicated about it, but they're actually scammers. Uh, and they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get paid. So they're essentially trying to breach your email account and they're hoping to find invoices and they're hoping to change those invoices and send them to um, your unsuspecting clients to get paid. So that's the most common one we see. And it doesn't require a lot of. Uh, uh,
0: any sort of hacking, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know personally. I've I've uh, I, I know of someone that's uh, lost thousands uh, in a transaction yes. uh, when they were trying to uh, buy a property, and uh, there was a you know they they were hacked, and they're not a particularly large business, uh, yes. and um, it, it you know it's still I think going on for several months later still trying to see if they can get the money but the tra- the, the truth is the money's gone
1: and- yeah that's right the money's actually not not it's very it's pretty much unlikely that you're going to get the money back and and the, the sad thing about it is that um the in the cases i was just talking about before is that this insurance won't cover it either because you haven't actually lost anything you just haven't been paid because the you've been paid the, the scammers have been paid instead your client's probably not going to want to pay again, uh, and you're the one that was breached. So I don't don't blame them for not wanting to pay again because it's essentially the response. They're probably going to blame you guys for uh, for, for having been breached. So yeah, it's pretty awful. Like the, the biggest one we've seen was one hundred and ninety thousand that that we worked on, um, and that was a small business as well. Three three team members. So it goes to show that yes, small businesses are a target.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I know, I know, Yuri, it's it's from your perspective as well, it's like you got to have the right systems in place to to prevent some of this stuff as well as, as
2: also obviously setting up the security side. Yes, you're exactly right. My question to Mari was what are the basic systems you need to set up with a business starting from one person and when growing and onboarding other people? So what are the essentials to put in place?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, Yuri. And You'll love this. So it actually, the way I look at cybersecurity is it's it's more. I consider it more of a business process security because it's actually more than just uh, the, the 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 technology that needs to be secured. There's there's manual processes that also need to be looked at and reviewed, uh, and and the actual the, the weakest part of any business is always the humans in the business. So you can secure it as much as you want, but if the team doesn't doesn't actually care about it and doesn't understand it and clicks on phishing emails and clicks on the wrong thing. It can unravel very very quickly. So in terms of what the what are the basic things? Um, multi-factor authentication is probably the easiest thing that you can turn on. So um, uh, it's look there are there are cases where that can be circumvented as well. So um, but it's still a first line of defense. So any. Cloud application that you guys or um, well, that anyone has, any business has, just check to see whether multi-factor is available and then turn it on. Like that's just a it's a no-brainer because it's the uh, the sad reality is that uh, most people still use the same passwords across multiple sites and that's how they get breached. Is because some some well-known site like Dropbox or Adobe, these are all sites that have actually been hacked before canva is another one um and then passwords leaked onto the web and if that password's the same as your email one bingo that's how they get in because they that gets published in the dark web and that's how they find get access to the accounts it's either that or a phishing email that they send directly to the person pretending to be a document or something and then they put in the credentials and then, then they've got their their details so so yeah definitely multi-factor yuri is the most important thing um, and I would say cybersecurity training for the team—it's very easy to do—and um, and regular training so that they're actually aware of what the threats are and what to look out for.
0: And, okay. and Pierre, I think also—I know for bringing bringing you into the uh, into the equation—is—is is it something we, financially speaking, it's something that we don't tend to uh, cater for in budgets and things, but it is an important factor that you do need to be putting money aside for this sort of stuff, don't you?
3: Um, look, I think I think from that point of view, it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent. And and um, you know, in the past, we used to go, oh well, it's it's IT, it's just it's a small piece. You know, we just need to cover bits and pieces. But I think the impact of it, um, the impact of it, is becoming more and more. So from that point of view, like like Marty said as well, you've got to. You've got to kind of cover cover the costs, and I think I have Marty to expand on this. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to spend millions, but I think spending a few dollars wisely, or spending some money wisely, um, is probably a really good way. And, it, and it's like I said, it's becoming more and more prevalent. So businesses do need to start looking at it. I think, Marty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and I agree with you. And and a few years ago, we were trying to sell it as a as a separate thing, and we were just not getting any traction because. Um, you, you know, I could actually I could wow an audience with a story about how, how these actual scams take place and what the, the background is. Um, uh, and there's what like the, the, the one I just talked about before about the email scams and the invoices. Um, I was actually at a presentation. And they were talking about, you know, what, what's involved and who does it. And it was actually a band of Nigerian pirates um, believe it or not but um, you know and they're doing like 12-hour shifts just reading emails and then they swap over and the next person jumps on and so what we've realized though in the last just through COVID actually I think that's accelerated all this people working from home so they've realized that they're actually they have less control so they're starting to have those conversations more about security. Um, we Even before COVID, what we started to do was we've started to integrate into everything that we do so that we're not selling it as a separate thing. So when we take on a client, um, the first thing we do, if they're not on Microsoft or Google Workspace, we move them to there because you shouldn't, there really isn't a a good case to be on GoDaddy or something for your emails for a small business Um, uh, for a number of different reasons. But then the Microsoft and Google need to be secured as well because they aren't secure out of the box. A lot of people think that they are, but they're not. Um, and and so that's a really important part is locking those down because most businesses now are cloud-based. So they're usually going to use something like Google or Microsoft um, or Dropbox or, you know, some sort of cloud storage and keeping their files. So really just getting all those things right, yeah.
0: I'm interested, Marty, because the, we talked earlier about the, the amount of, um, I guess, the, not getting the traction initially because there's been a lot of scaremongering, as we said at the beginning. And I've, I think that's an interesting yeah. point, really, isn't it? That it's that because there's been so much of that, it's kind of had the opposite effect. And, and so businesses has moved away from the idea of, of needing to do this stuff. And yet, how do you actually get, that embedded in people's in people's minds that they actually need to do something
1: it's a good question anthony it's um i've, I've i'm a big believer that it needs to start in schools i think that there's not enough being done for, for for the general population to actually care about it so yes you know you there is more uh interest and more uptake in the business in the workplace but then when people go home and they interact with technology there they don't care you know they don't have an antivirus on their computer or they're running windows 7 still or they're running a mac that's 10 years old right so to, for it to be for it to be really effective everyone has to care and it has to be in the fore, a forethought every time they're interacting with technology every time they're putting their data in they need to be thinking oh where's this actually going what you know am am i giving away too much information is this secure those are the sort of questions that people need to be asking themselves and and uh, that's why education and awareness and training is, um, I guess, is the best approach to get people to actually start to understand it a bit more. Because like you said, Anthony, the, the head in the sand approach is quite common, you know. It's, um, it's all too hard, so I don't even know where to start, so I'm not even going to bother, you know, too hard basket. Um, but it's just like, you know, being a director of a company, ignorance is not a defence, Right. And you uh, you know, and you, it needs to be driven from within. This is the other really crucial point. A lot of businesses have blind faith in their IT provider and think that they are across cybersecurity. The IT company or, or your IT guy, um, which is often the case for small business, they use an IT guy, um, is not the person who should be running your cybersecurity. It should be actually run from within the business and they are just one part of the puzzle Um, But like I said to you before, it affects the entire organization, your policies, your processes, all of that.
2: Yeah, Mare, you previously mentioned about people using the same password again. So my next question is in general about passwords, but there are a couple of um, sides of it. So we all know that Google Chrome, for example, by default offers us Um, Saving password to make our lives easier or we have some password walls as well to use. And uh, I find one is really, really helpful. And Mm -hmm. also, how far do you need to go with the password policies? Because, for example, if you provide access to third party or someone else in your team with a password, if password is difficult enough or complex enough, people can't remember that. And it gets sticked to the monitor on the sticky note. So overall, how, <laughs> how, right. how, how expensive could be this sticky note?
1: Yeah, it's funny, you mentioned that I actually had to take a photo of one of our clients a few years ago, where we where that it was a medical practice. Um, and we we did all that we we put the security in place we gave them a password manager we, we made secure passwords and they then i came in uh a week later and to only to find the post-it notes on the monitors saying this is the new passwords and i'm like <laughs> oh man <laughs> so yeah you're it, look it is very it's it is it's and so what we we highly recommend the use of a password manager so and the 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 advantage of that over using a browser like Chrome to store your passwords is that you can actually um, use it to generate passwords, and you can actually set policies for the organization. So there's password managers that have like a Teams version, which means you can share passwords amongst the team as well, because obviously there's different levels of access. Um, and then you can you're forced to create passwords that are certain whatever you decide. It might be 20 characters, random, random numerical and symbols or whatever it is uh and that's and if you try and set anything else it will actually not let you so so that's the that's the level that i think it needs to be. the onus needs to be taken away from the users because the users are always going to lean towards i'm going to use something that i can remember but with the, the 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 beauty of a password manager is that you don't need to remember it you have to remember one password and that's your master password and then everything else Think about all the headspace that that would free up, right? I mean, it's uh, that's what I tell people because there's a lot of us who are trying to remember our passwords. And if you don't have to worry about that, it's just one less thing to worry about. And you've got the browser extensions for the password manager so you can automatically fill in your password. You've got an app on the phone, which now integrates, like I've got an iPhone, so it integrates with the iOS now. So whenever I go to put in a password, it asks me, do I want to use my password manager, um, which makes it all really, really easy. And then I just don't. I just copy and paste it, and I don't even know. I never
2: know
0: what the passwords are. Yeah, I had an interesting story that happened to me the other day. I had a, had something I had to create a a, uh, a new login for it. Did the the random password generator, and yeah. uh, and then it asked me to log in. And for some reason, the password manager didn't decided not to save it. Uh. And there was no and there was no reset password on it. So I had to had to go to another email account. And create it created all over again and made sure I made sure I saved it somewhere. Um, it's which is an interesting test, right by the way, but for, for a lot of people, they forget that on I know in building websites that they forget to have the lost password um, thing in place. Um, you know and that was a, that's what happened here. There was no lot there was no way to retrieve the password that I had just created. So uh, new account and there's
1: and that's yeah it's it's there's a few quirks around that because the password managers often you they have something inbuilt so that you can copy and paste the password when you first create it but then it actually doesn't remember that in the copy in the cache so you can't copy and paste it again so sometimes I do that I've done that myself and form for that trap I go and put it in and the website doesn't recognise it and doesn't save it automatically so then I go to paste it again and it's it's no longer there. So I got to redo it all reset everything. And, but look, what's the downside? The downside is, you know, um, you have insecure passwords and easy to guess ones and you use the same ones across everything. Yes. There's a bit of a learning curve. There's a little bit, um, it's, and that's a bit frustrating for some people when they first start using a password manager, but we've had even the most, uh, reluctant client, um, one in particular, now every time we see them, they're like, "I don't know how we ever managed without one," you know, because they're just so used to it now.
2: Yeah.
0: I think uh, one one question I wanted to ask you as well about all of this is that you, you, nowadays you get, I know certainly with Google, you get this, you know, every now and then you get this alert and saying, "Hey, your, your you know your various logins may have been uh, hacked," and yeah. you get this super long list of websites, mm-hmm. and you look at it and you go. I, I don't even remember the last time I logged into this website. I, I don't, you know, I don't really care. And that's the question is, is what do you yeah. do in those cases? Do you, do you not care or do you actually bother to log in and change passwords for that or cancel the account yeah. or whatever you need to do?
1: It's a good question. Um, it's it's not the actual, because the site itself's not the issue. Cause that's what, that's, I think a lot of people make the mistake and say, oh, I, you know my, I'm going, to, I'm going to pick on canva again but um because <laughs> that was was a no a well-known breach a few years ago but um they go oh i don't care there's nothing in canva that, that that's important so i'm not going to bother you know to do anything about it right but that's not the issue the issue is that that password's been leaked now on the dark web and if it's the same or very similar to other passwords you're using those scammers hackers whatever you want to call them will actually And and a lot of the time, it's a manual process. They'll actually try and log into other accounts using that password. And if you've used it again, that's why it's a danger. So so really, when you do know about those breaches, yes, it's a great opportunity to then reset all your passwords, make them all unique, make them strong. Um, But don't forget to turn on multi-factor authentication as well, because otherwise, you know, you're still at risk. Even if you've got a strong password, it's not going to, um it still can be breached and still there's still ways that you can fall for phishing attacks or whatever it is, like a phishing email, and uh and then people can get into your account
3: Um Marley, if I can, just to follow up um, on something you mentioned earlier with and this relates to passwords and insurance companies and payouts and things like that. Um do you have any statistics or, or thoughts on um if a company's been breached once, how likely is it that it happens again within a certain period of time Would the do the do the guys kind of the, the hackers if I'm calling that? Do they read? Do they kind of try try again in a little while? And and uh, you know, what's the what's the situation with with the recurring ex- access of it?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, the The answer is it just depends, right? Because the, the the scam I talked about before, where they're trying to get into your emails and and send out invoices and get paid, um, these aren't very sophisticated people, yeah. so. So if they notice that you they've got they've breached one account, um, they're they're likely to try it again, you know, of course, because they're going, well, these guys may and and the reality is that um we've actually had clients come to us that have been breached that have suffered financial loss, and then we're reluctant to do anything about it. Like they weren't, they didn't take our advice that what what we should do. So it it happens. It's amazing that people can suffer such a financial loss, but yet still be reluctant to put the security in
0: place. Right. Mm -hmm. I've just, just to wrap things up, I know it's, you know, a a non-for-profit that I've um, done some work with and, and uh, what's fascinating is, is the donation section uh, Mm. is regularly try, people try and, well, we get hundreds trying to hack it with false credit cards and uh, mm. some of you know eventually you know after hundreds of attempts, you might get the odd one that goes through. We quickly refund the money, but it's it's fascinating the scams that are out there and how sophisticated they are. And, and, and I think you know certainly for people running websites as well that if you've got even things like recapture don't necessarily do a huge amount to those that are quite sophisticated in trying to get things through. So staying on top of this stuff, I think the, the lesson here is is no matter the size of the business, You've got to try and stay on on top of this stuff, and and um, you should be allocating a budget. You should be putting systems in place, and uh, and and probably you should be marketing it to people as well, and telling them that you're doing that so that they feel secure in in um, in their presence with you. So I just leave it to Marty if you've got any final words of wisdom for uh, to wrap things up for for small businesses that um, you know are listening into this and thinking what's the first step that they should really take.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, good, good, good idea, Anthony. I'll sum it up. I think, like I said, the um, you know, getting a password manager, making all your passwords unique and strong, so no same password across multiple sites. Um, turning on multi-factor for any cloud application that offers it, uh, and having some, just having a look at a lot of it. Look, is common sense. Like, have a look at what what's the risk, right? So. What can we put in place, even as a small business, in terms of processes or procedures? For instance, if someone sends us a <clears throat> an email to say, "Hey, the account details have changed for this invoice," uh, pick up the phone. You know, just pick up the phone and confirm it. Don't just take their word for it, and yeah. oh, send it off to accounts for payment, sort of thing. You know, like it's just those small things. A small thing like that can make all the difference. So you know, having two signatories on account sort of stuff, like that sort of stuff that the the banks have been doing for years, you know. So it's uh, little things like that. Um, But also um, from a day-to-day basis, you know, speak to your IT guy, get an IT person. If you don't have one, don't do your own IT because you do need someone to look after your computers, making sure that they are up to date because um, software that's not up to date is also vulnerability. Um, you know, there's a statistics that one in uh, one in four small bit small medium businesses use a, use computers that are Windows 7 or earlier. So you know, and that's just a massive massive risk because Windows 7 is no longer supported and no longer updated. Um, and one in five SMBs that use Macs have no idea what version of OS they're using. You know, so and Macs are vulnerable as well, by the way. So you Mac users, you should have an antivirus. Yes, there are viruses for Macs and uh, it's not as common as we know um, in some areas, but um, there's still a lot of stuff that uh, can happen. So, yeah, it's those are those are really the basics, I think, for small businesses. And and and, uh, you know, like Pierre was saying, it doesn't have to be a lot of money that you spend, uh, you know, you can do it in stages is a stage approach. You start with one thing, it's better than nothing, right? So that's the way what I always like to say, is just start with one thing and put a plan in place and say, okay, over the next 12 months, I'm gonna budget for X amount and do this, this, and this. And by the end of the 12 months, you'll be in a much better
3: cybersecurity position.
0: Marty, thank you so much. It's invaluable tips for everyone listening in. And and it was a great question that was sent in to us today. And we appreciate you having uh, taken some time out to join us uh, for this episode. And we look forward to uh, people sending in their questions for the coming episodes. And thank you. And we look forward to you joining us again next time.